Welcome, everyone. It is Friday, June the 24th, 2022. It is currently 1245 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, I know what you're asking. Look, wait a minute. Where, where's the intro? Uh, we, we didn't get the Theology Central intro. We didn't... I, I don't know what intro to play today because I know that probably everyone is expecting an intro like this. Breaking news. Yeah, you're, you're probably expecting like a breaking news intro because, well, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot happening in our world right now and everyone's talking about it. Everyone's discussing it. It is June the 24th, 2022. The Supreme Court handed down their decision to basically overturn Roe v. Wade and ha- send it back to the states for them to make their decision on abortion and what they're going to do with it. Everyone is upset. There's already protest happening. I mean, uh, I, I don't even want to imagine what is happening on social media right now. It is crazy. So in some ways, I feel like I need to play that kind of intro and continue to talk about that developing situation and give different you know, takes and, and respond to what different people are saying. And, and we literally could just go like, you know, eight hours today talking about Roe v. Wade, abortion, culture, the church, the future. I could spend all day talking about that. But if I do that, then I would be falling right into the hand. I'd be falling right into the hands I'm getting phone calls, people probably trying to call to talk to me about what's going on. I would, if I did that, I would fall right into the trap that I've tried to tell everyone to avoid. Once again, we would be allowing what's happening in culture, what's happening in politics, what's happening in our world to so distract us from those things that as Christians, we need to even double down on making them most important. We need to, we need to dig in focusing on scripture, prayer, revival, our own spiritual growth, evangelism. That, that's what we have to stay focused on when everything seems to be going crazy. So instead of playing the news intro... We're not going to talk about breaking news. We're not, we're, we're not going to do that here. Now, I could go with what we've been playing for this particular series, which is our very epic sounding music. But that seems inappropriate as well today. So I'm just going to say, you know what? Let's forget all of that. And let's just really focus in on what we need to, because there's already enough distractions. You don't need distractions of intro. You don't know. So welcome to the Theology Podcast and welcome to our series, 30, uh, 30 Scriptures in 30 Days. I think that's what we, I, I always forget what how I'm referring to it because I think I refer to it by a bunch of different, uh, different names. But welcome back to our series of, how do I have it? 30 Scriptures in 30 Days. That makes the most sense. I keep wanting to say 30 days, 30 Scriptures, but it's 30 Scriptures in 30 Days. And if you have been with us so far through this entire series, you know what we're doing, Right. Charles Stanley wrote a book called 30 Life Principles. We are taking that book and looking at the scriptures that he offers to support his 30 principles, right? 
So we, we, basically, he gives scriptures, 30 scriptures, to supposedly support his 30 principles. But what I have discovered over the years of looking at the book is that at least in my estimation, in my opinion, he had the principle, he had the principles, I should say, and then just went to the Bible and tried to find some scripture that he could impose the principles on. So I, I've always found that the, the book is disconnected from the actual scriptures. It just doesn't seem to fit. It's like it's a puzzle that the pieces don't fit together. So what I decided to do is, you know what, we'll create a series, 30 scriptures in 30 days. And what we'll do is we'll look at each scripture. And then we'll just do so in real time. We won't do any, I won't do any preparing because I'll try to work through it live on the air. We'll look at the scriptures to see, wait, well, does it support the principle that he gave? And so far, I don't think we've agreed. Uh, Not that we've disagreed with the principles. I just, and well, some of the principles I've disagreed with, but in some cases, I just don't see, I I just, I may agree with the principle, but I don't think the scripture he offers to support it works. In fact, I, I have come up with other principles. So what we're doing is in a sense is I'm giving you the principle he gives. I'm setting it aside and then we're looking at the scripture and just see what we can come up with so far. So today we reach day uh, 12. Today is day 12, scripture number 12. And so far, so in 11 previous days of working on this, we have come up with as of right now 26 principles. 26 principles. I hope that people are writing them down. I hope, I can't wait when we're all said and done, someone sends sends them all to me and go, here you go, here's all the principles. That would be at least somewhat, (laughs) that that would be somewhat a sign that maybe I accomplished something. Maybe, I hope so. So, but I'm writing them all down. I've got two notebooks. I got the one that I'm using live on the air where I'm trying to scribble them down that you cannot read. And then I have another notebook have another notebook where I'm translating them. I'm translating my Egyptian hieroglyphics to to something that I can actually read. Because some of these principles that I wrote down live on the air, I'm like, what was I writing there? I don't know. So I'm trying to to uh, translate them as soon as possible so that uh, we, you know, th- that they, they they maintain some accuracy to what I originally said. Of course, I could always go back and listen to every episode to to get ones that I missed. So I may have to do that. But that's what's been going on. I know there's a million distractions out there. I know, 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 I know. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Someone said, I will send them to you so you can stop worrying. No, you don't have to. I, I'm just, I, I'm, some of that's just a joke because the main thing is I want people to, well, write them down. I want them to write them down. I don't care if you send them to me or not. I'm kind of joking. Remember, I'm always trying to motivate you to do something, not just to listen. So I, I'm kind of playing around a little bit there. But because I've got two notebooks here. Sooner or later, I will get the translation process accomplished, okay? I will. But I know there are lots of distractions today. There are. And there there was a part of me that said, you know what, don't don't even go up there and do this today because nobody, nobody's going to listen to this today. I bet you the numbers today for any broadcast I do are going to be some of the lowest in recent history uh, because uh, because, uh, the, the reason... There's going to be so low is nobody wants to be listening to this right now. Everybody wants to be talking about everything else. So, well, at least one person from Indiana is listening. So uh, one person, but but I guarantee you the numbers are going to be horrible today. And uh, I hate that, but you know what? I, I If I'm going to be consistent with what I have said over and over and over, then I've got to do this today, right? First, I said that we're going to do 30 scriptures in 30 days. 
and I'm not going to try to skip one day. All right, I got to keep my promise. Number two, this is what this podcast has tried to be about over and over and over again, is to try to maintain that balance, not allowing ourselves to be distracted by culture wars, politics, but to stay focused on what we need to do so. So that's what we're going to do. So are you ready? Are you ready? I know you're like, that's eight minutes. Get to it. Okay. I apologize. I I see, I see the timer. I know, I know when I go long in my intros and I always feel bad. Okay. So, so, all right. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm opening up my iPad. Got to put in the passcode. All right. Got to go to the Kindle app. There it is. Live principle number 12. Right. We need a dramatic drum roll. Okay, that, that doesn't really work very well. Okay, <laughs> dramatic drum row. Life principle number 12, as given by Charles Stanley in his book, 30 Life Principles, which is also a Bible, the Life Principles Bible. Yeah, it, it became a big thing. All right, here we go. Here's his principle. Peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. Okay. Peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. Peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. Now that sounds, this, once again, this is one of these principles that sounds like, oh, that sounds pretty spiritual. Peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. Now, this is, again, one of these, one of these situations where I kind of need, I need, I need explanation. I need clarification because there's a part of me that sees this and go, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, peace with God is the result of salvation, right? I have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did. I have peace with God because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. I have peace with God because I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ and his imputed righteousness. This seems to say that, no, your peace with God is the fruit of something. It's the fruit of something. And when you say it's the fruit of oneness with God, what do you mean by that? I don't have peace with God unless I maintain some, maintain some kind of oneness with God. Like that, 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 that makes me very concerned. The peace with God, in fact, if you, let me see here. I'm going to go to, let me see, I believe it's Romans. Yeah, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God is the result of being justified by faith alone. Peace with God is the result of justification by faith alone. That's where peace with God comes from. So I don't know what you mean by oneness with God. It just seems, it sounds so ultra spiritual that people in the pew would be like, amen. And they would write that down in their notebooks and they would go post it on social media and it would sound good, but I'm just looking at it. No, no, no. Peace with God is the result of being justified by faith alone. I I place my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and I have peace with God. Now, if you want to talk about the peace of God, maybe, I think there's a, you have to draw a distinction between peace with God and the peace of God. Peace with God is based off my justification. Nothing can change that. Nothing can, nothing can interfere with my peace with God because I've been justified by faith. It's because of an imputed righteousness. When God looks at me, I'm always at peace with him in my position because I'm covered in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
So I, I don't know where he wants to go with this. But as always, when I, I sit here and we struggle with the principle, because remember, I, I'm, I've been struggling with these principles forever. As soon as I first came across this book, and I just have never been able to let it go. I've got some kind of weird obsession with it. But we're going to set it aside. And we're going to look at the scripture that he offers. Now, the fact that he says peace with God, well, why wouldn't you go to Romans 5.1, which literally says peace with God. It literally uses the phrase, but no, 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 no. Once again, he doesn't go to the New Testament. Almost all of these principles, I think all of them so far, have come from the Old Testament. It's really bizarre why he constantly goes to these Old Testament passages. But here he goes. Are you ready for the scripture? I, I, can, I can hear the anticipation. Can you hear someone's anticipation? I don't know if you can actually hear that. I can feel your anticipation. Is that, does that work better? Right? I, I, you probably know anticipation. You're just like, would you get to the point? I've got things to do. Okay. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Psalm 4, verse 8. I'm turning there. I don't know what to expect here. I'm a little worried. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Oh boy, I I don't know what to do here. Psalm chapter four, verse eight. It's a Psalm of David. I know that. Okay. Here we go. Psalm four, eight. I will both lay me down in peace. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. That's the scripture. I I, I don't know what to do here. I, I don't know what to do. I'm going to read that again. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a different translation here. I will both lie down in sleep I will both I will both lie down and sleep in peace. I will both lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, Lord, maketh me live in safety. I will both lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, Lord, maketh make me live in safety. <laughs> okay, so the one listener today, well, at least we have one, they claim that they have no ideas. Well, I, I, I don't know what to do. There's no way. First of all, I think we can all agree. You can't just claim this, right? Can you just claim this? Hey, hey, uh, uh, when you get ready to go to sleep, Lord, I'm going to lay down in peace and sleep for Lord, you maketh me to, you makest me dwell in safety. 
Lord, I know that I can go to sleep and I'm going to be completely safe. I don't have anything to worry about because I trust in you. Now, some Christians will say, yes, you can trust that. But they also own seven guns, which I don't. Hey, hey, why do you need a gun if God's going to allow you to go to sleep in safety? Well, I got to protect my family. Nope, God's going to keep you in safety. So why do you need a gun? It's this really weird thing. Christians love to 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 claim these promises. They love to claim these promises and state them as like, they are true. And they're like, but I've got 14 guns and 100 rounds of ammunition to protect my family because I live in the middle of nowhere and home invasions are up 9,000%. Okay, whatever the case may be. But, and you're like, wait a minute, you can just, you lay down in peace and you sleep. You have a peaceful sleep. And what does this have to do with peace with God? What, what is it? I, I don't even understand. I don't even understand how this principle, you see why I say that these principles did not come from, I, how does this come from this scripture? Like what in the world? Like of all the scriptures you could come up with, let's go to Psalm 4.8. How did he end, even end up here? I would love to know how this book was written. I really would. All right. But I will lay down, I, I will, I'm, I'm just going to keep reading it over and over and over and over and over and over. I'm just going to keep reading it over and over and over until I finally say, okay, guys, that's all I have for you today. I told you that sooner or later, one of these is going to be an epic train wreck. I told you, and this, we have arrived at the moment. The, the train has left the tracks. The car has went off the road. It's, it's now a dumpster fire because I don't, what am I supposed to do with this? And yo, very good question. Someone just said, what does it have to do with oneness with God? Good question. I I don't know what any of this has to do with anything in the principle. I I, I don't know. I'm looking at this. I'm and I'm I'm not gonna go back and try to find context here. I'm I mean, uh, it's a psalm of David, okay? David at co- constant times in his life was under great threat. And he's like, I'm going to lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Now, if you, I, I, the question is, if you really believe that, like if you, if you were like, I 100% believe that I can trust God every night I go to bed and he's going to keep me completely safe. If you truly believe that, if you truly believe that, then, then, I mean, what, what would be the practical application? Uh, implications of that. Don't lock your doors. Don't need to worry about it. Don't need to own a gun. Don't need to worry about it. Don't need to worry about anything. Hey, hey guys. Hey, are we going to lock the doors tonight? No need to. No need to. No need to. We don't have to worry about anything. Why? God is the one protecting us. We're in complete safety. We're in complete safety. We have, we have nothing to worry about. Would that be the implication? Now, some people say, no, 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 no. That wouldn't be the implications. Well, what would be the implications? I, again, I, I don't even know what to do with this. This is what I'm just going to read a little bit what's here in, 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 the, in the book, because just to kind of show you what he does here. At night, when everything is quiet, uneasy thoughts can bombard you. You want to sleep and get the rest that you need, but your responsibilities and problems fill your mind. You try to focus on other things, counting sheep or the TikToks of your clock, but you can't stop the anxieties from tormenting you and keeping you awake. In those moments, you would give anything for some peace. Have you experienced sleepless nights alone with your troubled thoughts? Have you struggled through those stressful moments, wondering why your mind cannot let go and rest? 
You know that in John 14, 27, Jesus says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But why is that peace so hard to hold on to? Peace is God's gift to you, but you cannot have it apart from a close, intimate relationship with him. Now, again, I don't know what any of that has to do with Psalm 4, 8. All right, and so it looks like they go to 2 Samuel to try to put some kind of, uh, it says, some believe that Psalm 4 was written either during the rebellion of Sheba or while Saul was persecuting David. Others believe that Psalm 4, like Psalm 3, was written by David during Absalom's rebellion against him. No matter who sought to hurt him, David trusted God for his peace. I, I don't know what in the world to do with this? I am literally. I, I'm I'm baffled. I, I I guess I guess I I guess I'm not baffled. Okay, let me. I'm confused, but I'm not shocked that we would have a Christian book just doing some weird like I don't even know how what they you would call this. It's not even a, an attempt to handle the scripture. It's just throwing this out there. But I would I would really raise this question, and I guess maybe the only thing I'm going to accomplish in this episode is to tick off a lot of people. But since we've had so much discussion in culture, maybe, maybe we can look at one of the cultural issues from a theological perspective. I've talked about this before. I can't remember the news organizations that did it, but it, it was it's a powerful photo, and it, and it really, to me, called into question a lot of what we uh, let me state it this way. As Christians, we believe a lot of things theologically. We, 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 we say we believe a lot of things theologically. We believe a lot of things that are in the scripture, but we do so just mentally. We give mental assent to a lot of theological truths and a lot of biblical principles. We'll, we'll say amen to it. It's there in our brain, but it's sometimes a million miles away from our actual life. Like I know it in my brain. I say it. I profess it. I confess it. I declare it. I defend it. But it never really gets into right here, into, into my life, into anything practical. And I think that this is a good example. So let me remind you of the news article. I talk about it all the time because it had such a profound impact on me when I saw it. So it, the camera is at the back of the sanctuary. So you can see on the back of all of the people, right? And up above them is a screen with this, a praise song. And it's like, Lord, you are our refuge, our shield, an ever-present help in times of trouble. You are our defender. I, I, I had these lyrics. And all the people in the congregation have their hands raised. And they're praising God that he is their rock, their refuge, their shield, their defender. They have nothing to fear. They trust only in him. And then the camera, though, because it shows the back of everyone, you can see that a large number of the people in the church are carrying guns. And so the news article was like, wait a minute. So they claim God is their defender, their refuge, their shield, their protector. They have nothing to fear, but 50% of the congregation is carrying a gun. And why do they need it at church? Because they fear that they could be under attack, that they could be shot. So the, the news article was like, how did they translate their 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 praise to God, their confession that God is all of these things, how do they tra- how does do they not see the contradiction between what they are claiming and what they are doing? 
Now, what some Christians try to say, well, well, God will protect you, but you got to protect yourself. Okay, well, I don't even know what that means. I don't, that, I, what, what are you even talking about? God protects you by you protecting yourself, but somehow it's God and not you. Okay, you, now you're just confusing me. But I mean, when, when Christians get mad when the world asks those kinds of questions, Christians should be asking those questions. These are questions that shouldn't be left for CNN. You're like, oh, those liberals are out there trying to make us look bad. No, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, well, do, 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 do we make sense? And then here you have Psalm 4.8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Well, when we, that, that's a, that's a, cl- now, is this just supposed to be, Lord, you're going to just give me the safety here. Do I, okay, that's an entry. Let's do this. Let's look up the Hebrew word for safety. All right, I'm going to have to uh, close out the Spreaker app right quick. So if someone leaves a comment, I may not see it right now. So I'll open it back up in a minute. All right, I'm going to go to Psalm 4.8. So, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Okay, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the antilinear. I'm going to look at the Hebrew here. Okay, come on. Come on, Blue Letter Bible app. I need you to open for me. Come on. I'm live on the air. Don't do this to me now. Okay, here we go. Or maybe not. Please tell me my internet's not going down. That would be bad to be live on the air right now. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. It took forever. All right, so Psalm 4.8. I'm going to look for the word in safety. That's what I'm going to look for. In safety. It is this Hebrew word. It is this Hebrew word. Strong's H-983. Betach. 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 Okay. All of those little, the way they, the way some things are stated in, in Greek or Hebrew, I, I can't stand it because I'm just so bad at doing Betach. Betach. I like, I just sound foolish even trying to say it that way. But Betach. All right. It means, it's used 42 times. 17 times safely, nine times safety, three times carelessly, that's weird, two times careless, two times safe, two times securely, one time assurance, one time boldly, one time care, one time confidence, one time hope, one time secure, one time surely. Uh, Strong's definition, uh, a place of refuge, safety, both the fact, security, and the feeling, often uh, with or without, uh, without, as an adverb with or without preposition, safely, assurance, boldly, confidence, hope. But to please know, a place of refuge, right? Uh, it, the outline of biblical usage is security, safety, securely. Um, I'm, so it's this idea that I can have great confidence. I can have great assurance. I can have great peace because I have security. I, I am safe. It, it's not just, well, you know, if you, if you, what God promises here is that when you can't sleep, God's just going to bring calmness and peace to your mind. Okay, that's not, that would not even be an accurate, that would not even be a necessarily an accurate way of understanding this, even in its historical situation. It's historical, the historical would be David was under real threat, but he could, he could say, or he could confess that he will lay that I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety. Hey, you only you you're gonna keep me completely safe. You're gonna come keep me completely safe. 
Now, God did protect David from Saul. David was never killed by Saul. He was never killed by Absalom. He, David was protected. He was kept. Great. There's no guarantee you will be. Right? I mean, we have, we've had church shootings where people sitting in a church and slaughtered. They, they weren't safe even inside church. You have Christians whose homes are broken into and they're killed. You have Christian women who are sexually assaulted while they're out somewhere. It, I mean, look, look, the SBC report. You have people going to church being sexually harassed or abused or children being molested. You have horrible things that have happened inside churches, inside the homes of Christians. It, so, what do you what do you do with this? And and I think it I, I man, I hate to do this, but I think it's one of those things that as Christians we do have to struggle with. We do have to struggle with how do we reconcile some of these confessions we make and the realities that we experience. Now I know this. Now, now, you, now, be careful. Now, you've got to be careful with what I'm about to do here, okay? Because I'm not saying that this is the go-to hermeneutical principle that you should always utilize. But I will know, I will be able to say this. I can't apply that to my physical experience, right? Okay, I, I can't. When I lay down at night, right? And now I live in a pretty, a relatively, you know, a, a nice, safe neighborhood. There's ne- really never been any major issues. The only time it's ever happened, we've had people break into our cars, uh, cars twice, and they didn't really have to break in because, well, <laughs> guess what? We never lock anything. Okay, so we never lock our cars. So all the other cars in the neighborhood are safe, but they always drive by going, those are the idiots who don't lock their car doors. And so it's usually, yeah, every everyone in my family, we're just, I don't know. We're bad. We're, we're, we're really bad about even locking doors. So we're pretty much the stupid ones, okay? But, and it's not because we're spiritual. Please don't think it's because we're spiritual. It's not because, oh, you're so God. No, I just, I don't know. I just don't give it much thought. But, so, but for the most part, when I go to, I don't really worry about anything. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm like, oh, someone's going to break in. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty secure of that. But I know that I can't say, hey, you know, before we go to bed, just know that God is going to uh, is going to make us dwell in safety. I I, I could never say that because I don't know what's going to happen, and neither do you. So I can't apply that. I believe that this has clear. It's a it's a psalm where David is speaking, and as many of the psalms are in a poetic, lyrical way, um, and and David obviously was kept safe from the different threats that he experienced. So it would be very much be applicable to that historical setting. So what can I do with it? This is what I can do. All right? I can lay down in peace and sleep every single night because I know that I sleep and I am safe spiritually because of the imputed righteousness of Christ. I can go to sleep every night knowing my salvation is secure knowing that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know that I have my sins have been forgiven and that, I, that no matter what happens to me at night, if someone was to break in and to kill me, that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, that the next thing I would experience would be in the presence of God. I can apply it that way, that I can lay down in peace and sleep 
because of my spiritual security. I have complete spiritual security. Oh, I know. I'm very aware when I go to sleep every night of every sin, of everything. I'm always aware of every mistake I've ever, ever made in my entire life. It seems like every time, there's always certain times of the day where every mistake I've ever made comes just flop, boom, boom. Do you remember when you committed that sin and that sin and that sin and that thought and that, 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 that. failure, 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 failure. And I, I'm, I'm just like, you're right. I'm, 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 you know, You line up all the failures, I'll be just like, hey, just wait a second. I'm coming to the front of the line because I'm first in line here, everyone. So step back. I'm I'm the failure here. I'm the loser. I know that. I know that. I got no problem acknowledging that. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish you could say, well, you shouldn't have done. I wish I would. I wish I could go back and fix everything I've ever done. I can't go back and fix everything I've ever done. I can't. But I know this, it's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know that my unrighteousness, well, guess what, has been placed on top of that, the imputed righteousness of Christ. And that when God sees that, he sees the imputed righteousness. So I dwell in safety, spiritually speaking. I have been saved from the wrath of God. I've been saved from eternal punishment. I have been set free from that. I can dwell safely there. That's all I can do here with this. And I'm not saying that, that, please hear me. I am not saying that's the purpose of Psalm 4.8. That would be a, a, a major issue in doing that with the text. The, David is referring to, I mean, he, he is facing physical threats. He's facing physical threats. He's got people who want to kill him. David experienced that multiple times. He, he, he found himself in very much in harm's way over and over and over. But he could say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to dwell. I'm going to lay down in peace and sleep for Lord. You make me dwell in safety. Praise God. That's awesome in the historical situation. And God can do that. Let make it very clear. God can do that. God, God can protect me from any threat. I'm not saying that he can't. He can Right. But I cannot say that there's some guarantee that he will because there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee of that. And if you think that, you're just delusional because there isn't any guarantee. Now, some could say, well, nothing's going to happen to you unless God allows it. Okay. Again, Christians say that, but then Christians are the ones who are the most pro-gun. Usually it's my atheistic, agnostic, liberal friends who would be like, nope, not pro-gun. And it's Christians like, nope. Second Amendment, need my guns, got to protect my family. But there will be the ones who will also turn around and go, but nothing is going to happen to me unless God allows it. Well, then what's your gun going to do? So it's just Christians are all over the place. Like on one hand, they want to talk so big and bad. Nothing can happen to me unless God allows it. Okay, well, why do you have a gun on your hip? Well, why, why, why do you have a gun in your truck? Why? why? I, I don't, can you explain it to me? And, and it's just this weird contradiction. So... I don't know. I don't know why Christians love to grab these kind of verses and apply it in a real sense because they sound so super spiritual. But in practice, <laughs> they put it this way: their practice doesn't match the talk. It's easy to talk so big about God won't let anything happen to me unless it's a part of His sovereign will. That sounds good, but then if you don't, we don't act like that in practice. And I'm not saying we should we should be foolish. I'm not saying we should be foolish. That, that's always the the struggle, the tension with how to understand the, these concepts in the Bible. And I think if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've struggled with them. You've tried to figure out 
How does this work? I wish I had answers, but there aren't any easy answers. But I do know this. This is absolutely certain. I can go to sleep every night completely resting in the security that I have because of the finished work of Christ. I can go to bed every night resting in the spiritual security I have because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, should we make that a principle that we write down? I'm going to make it a, 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 I don't know. Do we make it a principle? I feel like that we're doing something wrong by doing that. Everything I'm saying is true. It just doesn't come from that scripture. So I'm not going to give that a principle. I'm not going to write it down. I'm not going to write it down. I'm not. I'm not. Because that Psalm 4.8 does not, it can remind me of that. And I could go to the New Testament and try to find out that, hey, you know, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't have to worry about perishing because I'm going to have everlasting life. I don't have to worry about the second death because I have everlasting life. I don't have to worry that I'm just going to be buried and, and see decay because I will. my body will come forth as a glorified body and there will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more death, no more tears, no more anything, no more no more any of that will all be gone. No more sin, it will all be gone. I, I have complete assurance of all of that. I have a, a hope. That goes be so at night. There may be a million things I can't fix and I can't resolve and I can't. I, I there's always a million things when you go to bed at night that your brain just goes absolutely crazy about. But I can at least say, can't fix any of that. Don't know what to do about any of that. Don't usually have answers about any of that. But I know this. I'm 100% spiritually secure because I go to bed not in my own righteousness, but I go to bed covered in the righteousness of Christ. And that no matter what happens to me, whether it's being murdered, dying because of a heart attack, I will be in the presence of God. Not because I deserve it, but because of God's mercy and grace. That's, that's a security that you can go to. That's the safety that you can cling to. You're spiritually safe. You're spiritually secure because of the righteousness of Christ. That's the only thing I know to do with this. I mean, there's Christians in other parts of the country who are being persecuted and killed. See about the number of people being killed in Nigeria. There's, I could go talk to all the news articles about people being murdered and killed and, and, and slaughtered. And it's like, you know, the persecution that happens to Christians, they're not guaranteed safety. The early church, Christians that were slaughtered and killed by Rome, they weren't guaranteed safety. So you can't just grab this and make it some universal promise which was what many Christians do. And maybe you were given this promise and maybe you you recite it every night before you go to bed. And I, I don't want to ruin anything for you. I just, I, I this, this is for David. This is David in, in regards to his historical situation, whichever danger he was facing in Psalm 4, whether from Absalom, Saul, I can't remember the other rebellion that possibly was happening he was experiencing. That's Psalm 4.8. That's day 12, scripture number 12. And our journey through 30 scriptures in 30 days. All right? Day 12. Again, the principle is peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. I, Psalm 4.8 has literally nothing to do with any of that. Psalm 4.8 is about David. And I, I'm applying, I'm not, I'm even trying to apply it. I'm just trying to give you something to say 
There is a security. There is a safety. There is a peace that you can go to sleep with every night, and that is your spiritual security and spiritual safety found in the finished work of Jesus Christ, not in anything you can do, will do. Not even, you know what, that's the spiritual security. It's not even disturbed by your lack or by your spiritual failure. All right? Uh, okay. Well, someone said that this is their second favorite episode of the series. I I do pay this individual to uh, write reviews and to give uh, fraudulent praise, so I'm very glad. Um, I obviously didn't give them enough money today because they said this is their second favorite episode. So got to increase the number of, of, of the amount of money. So I need you guys to donate today so that I can pay this person to say that this was their favorite episode of all time, that this was literally the greatest theological discussion that they have ever heard in their life. And they, they are so overwhelmed that they, they may, they, they, they may not be able to speak for a month because they're, that's how, but clearly I, I, I we've got to have to raise some money so that I can, I can, uh, I can fix this because, I mean, I thought we were giving them enough money and all of a sudden today, it's hot. you're this, this is the second favorite, not even first. So this, this is code for, I want more money or I start writing horrible reviews about you and about your podcast. So um, we, we will, I'll start, um, I'm going to go sell some plasma today and uh, we'll get that money to this person so that we get better reviews. So I'm just, for those some of you don't understand my humor and you're going to be like, oh, wait, you pay people. I don't pay people to write review. It's a joke, people. It's a joke. It's a joke, right? It's a joke. All right, but there you have it. I wish I wish I I wish I could do more, but I I'm so I'm frustrated. See, this is this is why this has been my frustration with this book my whole life. I don't understand Charles Stanley's preached too long. How in the world do you get Psalm 4-8 for that principle? What, what were you thinking? Did he come up with the principles and he just con- contacted someone? Hey, guys, here's these principles. Go find some scriptures. Okay, thank you. I mean, like, it just seems like who came up? Where was the editor? The editor's like, that, that's, the, that's the scripture you're going to use for this? Are you sure? Because I think we could just get a concordance and look up the word peace and come up with some better ones. I, I think we could just look up the word peace and probably like, what are you doing here? But I, I don't know. It, it, it's really bizarre. And then he makes that peace dependent upon your relationship with God. You better have a good relationship with God or you don't have peace with God, which then almost destroys the entire gospel that we have peace because we're justified. I don't know what in the world is going on here, but uh, I, yeah, I, man, I, I was hoping this was going to be better did the best I can. All right. I'm sorry. I, I apologize if at any point during this live broadcast, you heard my stomach growling, but I haven't eaten today and uh, I need food. So I'm going to go find food. That's what I'm going to do. And we'll be back at some point uh, throughout the day. I don't know. We'll see. It's just one of those, it's just a crazy day right now. So much happening that I, I, I wish I knew how to navigate the day with broadcasting. But uh, well, I'll just try to pick my spots, and we'll we'll talk about it. So, and I also got to return the phone call that I got. So, all right, thanks for listening. You can email me newsif at yahoo dot com. Newsif at yahoo dot com. God bless.